Tuesday, January 30th already. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. It's wonderful to have you here today. We are going to talk about one of the towns I love the most, one of the towns I hate the most, one of the towns I've been a good boy in, one of the towns I've been a bad boy in, a town that offers the good and the evil that is in the world to anyone who dare enter it. We're talking about surviving Las Vegas. This is uh, an endurance test. I mean, let's face it, if you're going for a week, you're already there way too long. That's the way Vegas works. And so we are going to be breaking rule number one of surviving a Las Vegas Super Bowl right off the rip. Surviving a Las Vegas Super Bowl. Rule number one, the perfect time to be in Las Vegas should never be measured in days nor hours. It should only be measured in meals. You never want to be in Las Vegas longer than five meals. Five meals, which gives you like two big meals a day and then a get-out breakfast. That's pretty much all you want. Now, because it's Super Bowl, I'm breaking rule number one right off the rip. I'm going to be there for more than five meals. I'm going to be there next week from Wednesday through Saturday. Not going to the game. That's too much of a pain in the rear end. A Super Bowl in person. Do it once in your life. Otherwise, it's a better TV show. Anyway, um, we're breaking the five-meal rule right away, but we have to, to go and cover this thing. But when in doubt, Five meals is the longest you want to be in Las Vegas. We are breaking rule number one, which, by the way, breaking rules in Las Vegas is part of going to Las Vegas. So we're just we're we're settling right in right away. Rule number two, and I got 10 of these for you here. Rule number two, and this is especially important if you're breaking rule number one, because if you're only going to be there for a short amount of time, I suggest just sprinting like your hair's on fire. But if you're going to be there longer than you should be, a very important rule is, fellas, ladies, don't chase the night because I promise you there's another one coming tomorrow. You want to go to the club and then after you leave the club, somebody's like, hey, it's four in the morning. Let's go to Dre's. Careful with that. (laughs) Be very careful with that. You don't need to chase every night to the break of dawn. You don't need to. If you want to, you will pay a price, but you don't need to. Like I said, there's another party that is just as big, if not bigger, than tonight coming up tomorrow. So just know that. Pace yourself a little. You know, when you're drinking for 24 hours straight, you should work in a water every now and then. Just a little friendly tip from me to you. Number three. Number three, and this is what you do when you've been to Las Vegas as many times as I have. I've been to Vegas at least 20, 25 times in my life. And because of that, know a local. The best way to get a little Las Vegas right is to know a local. Um, This is, you know, a DJ, a bartender, a pit boss, a stripper, having somebody there who can point you in the this-is-what-we-do-who-live-here direction. I can get you behind this red rope, and I can open this door for you that without that connection, you're not getting behind that red rope. You're not opening that door. So five meals, we're breaking rule number one. Don't chase the night, rule number two. Rule number three, know a local. Rule number four. Like Marshawn once said, mind your chicken. Vegas, 
is the number one destination in the world for running out of the money you brought way too early in your trip. This normally happens when you're back to breaking rule number two that says don't chase the night. Not a lot of good choices are made in Las Vegas after 3.30 a.m. Normally, in any other town, the cutoff point is about 1.30 a.m., but we'll give you a couple more hours because it is Las Vegas. But after 3.30 in the morning, you shouldn't be doing any heavy gambling. You shouldn't be doing uh, anything other than like eating a big meal, maybe to wrap it all up, soak it up in your belly, and get to bed. So mind your chicken because that couple of extra hundred dollars that you had in your pocket man it just magically disappeared while you were making bad gambling choices at four in the morning just pace yourselves pace yourselves i always like to take x amount of dollars with me and then put a certain amount of like i leave my wallet in the hotel room safe I, 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 I go with a Vegas knot, straight up rubber band around cash. That's all you need in Las Vegas. Maybe your driver's license, your ID, and a credit card. But that all goes into what I call the Vegas knot. And it's I, I'm, I'm not rocking a big knot, but I, I leave all the important stuff in the hotel room. Take cash, your ID, and a credit card out with you. And make sure you don't bring all your cash with you because that's when dumb choices are most likely to occur. These are just friendly tips from me to you. Number five. Number five. And I'll even say this is maybe the least important rule because if you're going to Las Vegas, you shouldn't be like minding your shekels to the point where you're just looking to save a couple of bucks. But I can't stress this enough. Um, on your way to a hotel, Wherever you're going, you land in McCarran, you get in what, a cab, an Uber, a limo, however you get in your hotel, pull over at some 7-Eleven off the strip, some gas station, and get all your aspirins, your water, a bar of chocolate, your chips, anything that you might be buying in like the casino's little sundry down there. You don't want to buy it for four times the price in the casino. Get your stuff to survive the hangover in uh, you know, a 7-Eleven before you even hit the strip. It's a good little tip. Good little tip. You will, even if the cab meter's running, it will cost you less money to go and get, you know, a six bottles of water from the gas station than it will in the casino. And no, no room service. Just don't do it. Um, number six. Now, this is maybe a wives tale. But this was an this was a bit of advice given to me to me by a local, and you know, like anything, it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time. But it works enough for me in my gambling experience to where I'm sharing this tip with you, and I hope it works for you too, as often as it seems to have worked for me. I'm not a big slot machine guy. Like, I want some of my choices to be involved. I just don't want games of total random chance. I'm not a slot machine guy, but I'm a sucker for about an hour of Wheel of Fortune. I will see a Wheel of Fortune slot machine and want to play it because there really isn't anything more exciting than when that big wheel starts spinning. You're like, what have I got coming up here? I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm like an old gray-haired lady when it comes to the Wheel of Fortune slot machine. And I don't even watch Wheel of Fortune, but that's my preferred slot machine. Whenever you sit down at a slot machine, no matter how much you're going to play, like you want to just, it's a dollar slot machine, you want just one pull, Instead of activating it with a dollar, 
always activate your slot machine with a $100 bill. I got no evidence or stats to back this up, just my own personal experience. Whenever you're sitting in a slot machine, especially a Wheel of Fortune slot machine, activate the machine with a $100 bill. You don't have to play the full 100. You can cash out after 10, 20, 30 bucks, whatever you decide that you want to wager, but just turn the damn thing on with a $100 bill. It's worked for me. It's really worked for me. And I hope it works for you too. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not living in a mansion because I've turned all of my slot machines on with a $100 bill, but I have walked away, I think, more often a winner than most by activating a slot machine with a $100 bill. So just try that out. Again, a local taught me that. And when you got a local whispering sweet nothings in your ear about how to survive Vegas, you should take some notes. On that note, fellas, this one's for you. Little tip from Uncle Damon. If she's touching your thigh inside of five minutes of meeting her, she's working. You're not working it. You're not on fire. It's not your night, buddy. You are not smooth. She's on the clock. If there is a hand on your thigh early in a meet, she's working. Now, I'm not saying you can't go meet a total rando also in Vegas to totally party her night away and have a good time chick to hook up with. They're all, that town is crawling with ready-to-go bachelorettes. Find a bachelorette party. That's a great way to go and get and have a little fun maybe later on in the night. A little tip from Uncle Damon. A single Damon life was well-lived. Find a bachelorette party. Easy pickings there. Um... But if she touches your thigh in the first five minutes, she is working. So know that. Uh, number nine. No, no, excuse me. No, 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 yes. Number eight. I didn't want to skip. Avoid buffets. This always used to be good advice, but I think now at the price point, we're seeing a lot of these buffets. You're just going to want to avoid the buffet. You can get a better meal of just one entree cooked for you in a restaurant than you can in a buffet, which, look, look, I'm not a germaphobe. The pandemic didn't make me a germaphobe, but I am now less inclined to go, let's say, eat communally when it comes to gathering food with just people in the buffet line. I think you can get a better meal in a one-off restaurant than you can at the buffet unless the buffet is at the Bellagio or the Wynn. The Bellagio and the Wynn buffets are no joke. Those are good, but that'll that'll like cost you like 65 bucks. You're paying for like a serious entree meal um, going to one of those two buffets. They're not inexpensive. Unless your buffet is comped by the hotel, don't spend your money on it. Go to an actual restaurant in the hotel for what is bound to be a better meal. Tip from Uncle Damon. Um, Finally, that was number eight. Number nine, and I used it on the thumbnail for a reason. If at any point in time in Las Vegas, you find yourself doing the Nick Bosa shrug and you're like, Go to bed. Go to, if at any point in time you make this gesture with your body, like eh, it's time for you to go back to the room for at least a couple hours. You know, go, go ahead, 
pull the curtain shut, watch a couple episodes of Storage Wars or whatever is going to get you through whatever caused you to do this. And just, if you're doing this, get the fuck out of there. Friendly advice from Uncle Damon. So if you catch that self in the Nick Bosa, <laughs> it's <laughs> unless you're Nick Bosa who just sacked a quarterback, you don't want to be doing this in Las Vegas. This means something's going right. I don't know. I'm out of gas. I don't. I, I, <laughs> Again, I've been good boy Damon in Vegas. I've been bad boy Damon in Vegas. I've been best behavior Damon in Vegas. I've been this smells like cocaine Damon in Vegas. I, you just trust me. Run away. Um, finally, you know, your overall gambling advice that is universal, you never split tens. Uh, you always want to make your sports bets the night before, especially if you're dealing with like NCAA tournament or NFL games, because you're probably not going to want to peel yourself out of bed. Also, the amount of idiots in line to make last minute bets is enough to have made you want to make that bet the night before. Uh, never count your money when you're sitting at the table. Obviously, there'll be time enough for counting when, when the dealing's done gambler by Kenny Rogers. A lot of good rules in there. A lot of good rules in there. Listen to the song before you sit down. And if you are playing blackjack and you detect a weak third baseman, now the third base at, at a blackjack table is the person who is making the decision on their hand right before the decision goes back to the dealer. You, dev- you, you, just, you can't survive with a weak third baseman. You can't survive with a third baseman who doesn't know the rules of blackjack. And there are some rules of blackjack that if the third baseman violates, it is the difference between that dealer busting out or busting you. So look for weak third baseman, like speedy leadoff men who want to lay down a bunt. Look for weak sauce third baseman and avoid them. And there you go. I think if you stick to those 10 rules, if you are going to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, you're going to have a great time. Again, quickly recap. Never be in Vegas longer for five meals. So we're breaking the first rule right away. Number two, don't chase the night. There's another one coming. Number three, know a local, a DJ, a dealer, uh, I mean, like a card dealer, not a dealer dealer. Um, we'll know them too. Uh, it, uh, you know, a stripper, somebody who works in a casino, someone to point you in the right direction. That's always good. Watch your money because money can evaporate quickly. Uh, feel free on your way to the hotel to stop at a gas station and get all the stuff you're going to need that you're going to want when you get up to your hotel room after a night in Vegas. So bottles of water, maybe a candy bar, bag of chips, uh, you know, some ice cream, something, a drumstick, and you put it in the freezer in your hotel room. Don't snack on the hotel room stuff. Number six, always activate your slot machine with a $100 bill. I can't prove that that's uh, the right way to do it, but it works for me. Uh, number seven, if she is touching your thigh inside of five minutes, she's working. Number nine, unless you're doing the Bellagio or Win, avoid buffets. The price point of just going to a restaurant and getting yourself your own meal is the better way to do it. Um, if you ever catch yourself doing the Bosa shrug, go back to the hotel room. And again, never split tens. Make your sports bets the night before. Beware of bad third basemen at blackjack tables. If you follow all these handy dandy rules, your trip to Las Vegas should be a great time. Have fun, but you're going to want to play defense at all times. Okay. You're going to want to play defense at all times. Mike Baker, 
saying D Bruce is live. We're just trying to give you some real good advice, Mike. By the way, the postman in Capitola, always great to see him. Oy, oy, oy! Postman says, I DM'd you a photo from Levi's. The Ploos is loose. Yes, I have seen my stickers up and around Levi's Stadium. Believe me, my stickers are going to be up and around Las Vegas come next week. Uh, let's see. Can't wait to see Damon's trips. Good morning, everybody. Albert, we're going to have fun and we're going to bring it to you. So make sure you uh, watch this space for some Las Vegas fun. My man, True Blue Forever. He's you got it. Like he's already he's forgotten what day of the week it is. It's only Tuesday. Stay, dude, calm down. It's only Tuesday. We got a long way to go until we get to Super Bowl. But uh, it is great to have you here in today. We will get into a very aggressive Club Plus in just a little bit. Let me thank my sponsors. My man Ike is part of the big reason why I'm going to Las Vegas. Uh, Ike is going to be working and serving some lunch on Radio Row, and we're going to be hanging out. And uh, my man Ike wants to serve to you a delicious sandwich. And remember, if you are an Ike's Rewards member and you've downloaded his app, every single point the 49ers score is a free membership rewards point. So download that Ike's Rewards app and start eating the most delicious, free eventually, when you get enough member rewards points signed up, sandwiches from Ike's. Have them delivered. Try catering for your office. Ike's, 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 Ike's. One more time, eat at Ike's. Um, you got some wagers you want to make and you're not going to be in Las Vegas. You still want that casino experience. Go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code Damon when you sign up for a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. And let me tell you, if you got bark and knees, if you have been told by a surgeon that it's time for partial or full hip replacement, knee replacement, shoulder replacement, go see Dr. Paul Hughes, especially if you're in the Bay Area. His offices are in San Mateo. You can go to orthopedicsurgeries.com to avoid an orthopedic surgery with the cell plasma stem cell replacement therapy that he's got. He sucked fat out of my love handle. He injected it into my knee after spinning it in a centrifuge and my knee doesn't need surgery anymore. Use promo code HUNTER to save up to 50% off, but go schedule a consultation with Dr. Paul Hughes. Ironically, to avoid an orthopedic surgery, I want you to go to orthopedicsurgeries.com to start the process. Um, and shout out Uncle Boys at all times. We love you, Uncle Boys. So there you go. My survival guide to Las Vegas. Uh, Big Mac says, look, man, I was in Vegas for six days in October for work. Way too much. Yeah, that's six days a week in Las Vegas. Man. Man, look out. Look out. Uh, what do we got? Uh, highly recommend Christopher Funk Carson Kitchen in the Arts District. If you're going to be off the strip in the Arts District, which I don't even know where that is. Um, okay, there you go. Shout out Carson Kitchen. Otis Bird says, don't all the stars go to Dre's? They end up there. And look at it this way. At some point in time, we all end up at Dre's. <laughs> That's the way Las Vegas works, Otis. I One of the best, most Vegasy nights of my life uh, occurred at Dre's. And uh, things got weird about four in the morning. And we went, I believe, I believe that was like a 
38-hour run, there were there were bad choices made. Raphael, thank you very much. He's dropping the, hey, everybody, why don't you go ahead, hit like and subscribe. Thank you very much, Raphael. Uh, yeah, why don't you do that? Hit like and subscribe for more solid Vegas tips, right? Uh, what happens in Sodom and Gomorrah stays in Sodom and Gomorrah. Biblical marketing slogans, Sporticus. Yeah, again, limit pictures. You don't need to bring that many tales home with you. Just tell everyone I went to Vegas, had a good time, lost a little money, but here I am, survived. It's a good way. Again, if you only lose a little bit of money, you, you're up in Las Vegas. You don't want to come home with like, honey, we got a note on our house now. Albert says, you know, there's a lot of Bay Area folks who live in Las Vegas now. There are. There's, a, there's an awful lot of folks. Um, and, and Raphael, again, here is right. All locals will tell you to get away from the strip. There are better odds for locals off the strip. It's also less of a headache. But again, we're thinking of tourist Vegas. Like we're, we're not going to Las Vegas to intentionally go to the Orleans. Again, sometimes you end up at the Orleans, but it's never the plan, <laughs> you know? Um, Raphael562 says, oh, all the locals I know are usually strapped up. Dude, what crowd are you running with? Like, relax. Uh, Damon. Third string all pro. No hookers or cocaine. Hey, you do Vegas your way. I'll do it mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, and again, 3.30 in the morning is where you spend an awful lot of that Vegas knot at the club, at the strip club. You got to be careful. Got to be careful. Make good choices, fellas. Make good choices. I had a buddy of mine who he would go into a strip club and the first thing he would do was take off his wedding ring, which by the way, you can see it right here on my hand. There's clearly a dent of a wedding ring right there. So I look like I'm wearing a wedding ring more when I'm not wearing a wedding ring than I do when I'm wearing my wedding ring. And also, uh, a friend of mine used to be a stripper and she'll tell you that they're looking for wedding rings because that's the guy who probably needs the lap dance the most. So again, you're not you're not getting the stripper to come back to your hotel room with you unless you got a huge wad of cash and she's making bad choices. Um, but yeah, you want uh, you, you, you're not fooling anybody with this removal. You're not. You're you're not. So don't even try. Again, these. These women in Las Vegas who are the pros are like heat-seeking heat hunter-killer submarines. They know exactly who to target. So use caution. Use caution. Um, 
San Bruno Mike. These are like the 10 Vegas commandments. This is great advice. By the way, it really works. I, 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 I should have called the thumbnail your 10 Vegas commandments. Uh, Albert says, how about rule number 5.1? Ignore the timeshare and free ticket offers from people at the airport. Don't look, don't make eye contact with anyone in any airport you ever land in. Just get your bag and walk out of the airport. That's it. There's nothing in that airport waiting for you. Never gamble at the airport. Never try to activate. Well, you know, here's the thing. I did activate a Wheel of Fortune machine because I got stuck at the airport once. And I one of my biggest Wheel of Fortune jackpots ever was one at an airport. So again, maybe rule number 11 is sometime break some of the rules. But there you go. And this is, see, here we go. We know, we know. Dude, always hit up the gas station first. Load up on energy drinks, snacks, and water. These, this, is good, this is good advice. Again, this is smart advice. This is what happens when you get a few innings on that major league arm and you know how to get through a complete game. This is good advice. You see, Steve. Hey, Dan Campbell's number one Las Vegas rule. Hit on 20 in blackjack. <laughs> He was a little too aggressive, little too aggressive. You know, I think this is, you know, this is for, for women more than it is for the guys out there. Keep your hands and eyes on your drink at all times. Although there are, like I said, hunter seeker, submarine lady killers out there. You do want to make sure you never get drugged up unless you want to be taking that drug. So there you go. My Vegas advice. We will get back into the chat when we get into club plus, but, um, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, I hope you use all of that in very good health. Make good choices unless it's time to make bad choices, in which case make those bad choices count. You know, it's like the NBA. This is a playoff. If you're going to if, dude, if you're going to foul that guy, make it count. <laughs> Ghost Dancer says, I've heard of the $100 trick before. It's true. It's true. Again, $100 into a slot machine? Okay, okay. Again, you don't need to play the whole 100 but the slot machine recognizes like, oh, here's someone to maybe spend a little time here, so we're going to give you an early win to keep you locked into this machine. I'm just throwing it out there. Try it. Try it. It's worked for me. It really has. All right. Yes, if at any point in time, Drew Down, you actually have a straight up like at the bar wiener grab, she's 100% working. 100%. This is good. This is good advice. <laughs> Rockin' New Air 84. Yeah, you gotta work, 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 work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Damon, if you want to see some working girls, hang out at the House of Shields. Well, anytime you got a really nice hotel right over there. Yeah, the bar right over there, maybe. Uh, I would also say that there is an interesting group of, let's just call them, Russian women around the clock bar over around the St. Francis. If you're looking for your San Francisco hookers, they can be found. They can be found. 
Leslie says, avoid the walk of shame. Well, here's the thing. There are no walks of shame in Vegas. <laughs> I actually, I love walks of shame in Vegas. It's, it's, I'm not there to cast shame on anybody, but there's nothing better than getting like in that elevator the next morning and you're going down to get a little breakfast or something. And you see like, you know, a girl wearing, she's got a duffel bag with her and a juicy outfit and you know, like, up, oh, she just, she put in a full night's work. <laughs> all right. All right. So a few other things that we got to get to here today. Since, you know, the whole reason we're going to Las Vegas is because there's a Super Bowl there. We got Niners and we got Chiefs. I saw this stat on Brock Purdy that I thought was really interesting. One that shows that um, there really were seven playoff quarterbacks and only one Brock Purdy. OptiStats had this. In the second half of the NFC title game, Brock Purdy threw for more than 150 yards, rushed for more than 45 yards, completing 80% of his passes, averaging more than 10 yards per rush with zero turnovers. No other quarterback in the last 30 years have done that in a single half of football, regular or postseason. Isn't that amazing? So Brock Purdy literally raised his game with the chips down on the table as hard as possible with the Niners down an awful lot in the second half of the NFC game, and he dropped one of the most prolific quarters of quarterbacked football, uh, halves, I should say, of quarterbacked football in the NFL in three decades. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. We'll be talking about that and more live this afternoon at 3 o'clock West Coast time. John Middlecoff is going to be joining me. We're going to go live with John Middlecoff. I'm going to be on ESPN Radio this evening about 6 p.m. our time, West Coast time, 9 o'clock East Coast time. Going to be joining uh, Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. And I will let you know right now, and this is going to upset some of you, but it's going to happen. On Wednesday, around 2.30, we'll call it 2.30-ish, Nick Wright's joining me. We've locked in a date and time. Nick Wright, Wednesday, 230 here on the Damon Bruce show on the plus. By the way, you know, it's really good to have Nick on. We're going to have a Brock Purdy intervention with Nick. Uh, and he being a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, he's kind of the perfect person to preview the Super Bowl with. So an interesting note from Josh Dubow. Uh, each team has eight players still on the roster from Super Bowl 54. The 49ers are going back to the big game with Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Eric Armstead, Kyle Juszczyk, and Mitch Wisnowski. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, of course, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Harris Butker, Mercole Hardman, James Winchester, Nick Allegretti, and Blake Bell. Now, of course, you've also got Chavarius Ward, who played for the Chiefs in that game, but he's now on the Niners. Ross Dwelly, by the way, is on IR. So, again, there but not here this time around. Um, Chiefs have Derek Nandi, who's on the IR, Austin Ryder, and Mike Purnell on their practice squad. And I guess they were practice squad guys back there, too. So there you go. There is uh, a little, 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 little thread that takes you back to Super Bowl 54, along with the fact that the NFL's chosen Bill Vinovich to referee the Super Bowl between Kansas City and San Francisco. Vinovich refereed the Super Bowl these last time these two teams met in the Super Bowl. 
So in that game, by the way, Rick Goslin says he let him play. He only called nine penalties for 69 yards in the game that was won by the Chiefs. So I'm glad that they're going to let him play. I actually think in some ways that favors the 49ers who got to show up to this game determined to be the more physical team in this game. And that will hopefully do what's needed to get the Niners into the win column. So many legacies, so much pressure to win this game. Maybe Bill Vinovich uh, is the right guy, right? Uh, I, I think letting them play is a good outcome for the Niners. I've also seen the Chiefs get away with flag murder an awful lot. So maybe there'll be less flag murder. Again, we're not going to start complaining about officiating until it actually happens. Also, news today, the 49ers are going to be wearing their road whites. Chiefs are going to be dressed like the home team. They're wearing their red jerseys. The Niners are wearing their white jerseys. I said earlier on Twitter and was unpopular with some, and look, the gold pants are awesome, but if I'm the Niners, I'm doing two things. I'm rocking the white pants. I'm coming out just clean, all white gold helmets. That's I, To me, I like an all-white uniform on a football field. I do. I, I always have. I always will. The gold pants are great. Gold pants are great. I'd come out rocking the all-whites if I'm the Niners. Also, I would like to see the 49ers officially coordinate with their fans who are at that game a whiteout. Because if Kansas City is wearing red, if Niners fans are in there wearing the red Niners jerseys too, you're not going to know who is who. Can we go with a whiteout? Can we go with all Niner fans wearing white? What if Allegiant Stadium looked like snow hit it. There was so much white in that crowd with only little dots of red for Kansas City Chiefs fans. I'd love to see the 49ers take over that stadium in the Super Bowl. And Niners fans, you should. Uh, the other big NFL news of oh, the day is simply this. Um, Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, has told the Seahawks and the Commanders, if you're looking for a head coach, look somewhere else. The 37-year-old Lions offensive coordinator is saying all the right things about loving Detroit, wanting to stay in Detroit, and he is. He says he's still got a job to do. That's fantastic. Here what I, here's what I can guarantee you happened. Number one, he got a huge raise. Number two, this is great for Dan Campbell because Dan Campbell is not going to have to change the language of his football team to accommodate uh, a coaching change. You know, I mean, every single time you bring in a new coordinator, you're handing your team a new language. So Dan Campbell's got some continuity and consistency is the best thing a football team can have. Ben Johnson is also positioned himself to be the number one draft pick in the coaching carousel for next year. Instead of getting one of the last few jobs, he will be offered maybe possibly the best job if Detroit goes back and has another great year. Um, it's a smart move. It's a smart move for Ben Johnson. If he's not in love with the idea of becoming the head coach of Seattle or Washington, you might as well stay in a good situation where I'm sure you're getting a really nice raise and continue to raise your profile for the next coaching cycle. 
That's a smart move. And again, he's only 37 years old. He's got plenty of time to become a head coach. Uh, Another little bit of news today before we get into the dumbest story of the day. Kristen Juszczyk has been given an NFL license to make her jackets in her gear. First of all, it's good to know someone in life. It's, 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 it's not what you know, it's who you know. And Christian Juszczyk obviously knows that her husband uh, is a beloved NFL player. So maybe the NFL is very happy to accommodate the Juszczyks. I'll tell you that when it comes to licensing their apparel, they're very, very stingy with it. But when you also have Miss Taylor Swift as her top client, which is the greatest walking billboard the NFL could ever ask for, for generation might buy something on TikTok, uh, it's 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 a no-brainer. So what a weak Christian use check is having. I mean, has anyone made more money or seen their profile raise in the NFL playoffs this year than Christian use check? She might be the ultimate football winner this year and good for her. Good for her. Her jackets are pretty cool. And again, you throw someone something on Taylor Swift, now all of a sudden the entire world has seen it. The entire world wants it. She's going to make an awful lot of money. I bet you Christian Juszczyk has a greater value to family Juszczyk than her husband in a matter of months here should this clothing line really take off. Okay. So we're going to drift just for a minute into the world of sports and politics crashing into each other. I want you to remain calm. I want you to take this like an adult. And I don't want you to get all bent out of shape because what I'm going to share with you is provably absurd. And I'm going to prove a level of absurdity. The dumbest story of the day that I've seen today on CNN, CNN.com shared this story is with the Kansas City Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl, influential MAGA media personalities have started circulating conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift promoting the notion that she is part of a sprawling psychological operation plot staged by the NFL and the Democratic Party to deliver the presidential election to Joe Biden. Taylor Swift is part of a psych ops coordinated between the U.S. government and the NFL to reelect Joe Biden. Have you ever heard anything dumber than that? I don't think I have, and I've heard a lot of dumb stuff from that side of the aisle. This is tantamount to Hillary Clinton is eating children in a pizza parlor somewhere, okay? I mean, this is ridiculous. Fox News host Jesse Waters asked in his primetime program earlier this month if Swift is a Pentagon asset. You know, just asking, is Taylor Swift a Pentagon asset? Another conservative commentator said that uh, the NFL and the Democratic Party is gearing up for an operation to use Taylor Swift in the election against Donald Trump. Okay, let me prove to you in a sentence that this incredibly insane theory 
has no merit to it whatsoever. First of all, it shouldn't even take me having to prove it to anybody that this insane theory has no merit whatsoever, but I am going to debunk this level of stupid in one sentence. In one sentence. Assuming any of this were true, assuming any of it were true, let's say Taylor Swift really is a government operative who is creating a false relationship with a football player to then pivot to be a huge voice to reelect Joe Biden. Let's assume for a moment that the conspiracy MAGA nut jobs are right about this. Why would the government have her rooting for a team from Missouri when the other team in the Super Bowl is from San Francisco? If you wanted a psych-op operation, how is she not dating Brock Purdy? How is she not backing the 49ers, which is MAGA countries? You know, San Francisco is the poster child for them, for everything that is wrong in the world that they're combating against. We're a bunch of, you know, queer heathens out here trying to indoctrinate your children. How come Taylor Swift, if she's, if any of this is real, how is she rooting for the team from Kansas City? How is she on team Kansas City when the other team is from, you know, the liberal state capital of the world? Riddle me that, Batman. Riddle me that. Look, if you're assuming that this plot is so deep and so thick and so coordinated, how would you miss the detail? Oh, you know, we should actually have a rooting for the 49ers in this game if any of this were real. What's going on? This is just craziness. It's absolute craziness. Dude, the, the complaining about Taylor Swift is just, it's It's absurd. It's absurd. It's almost, it's reached the point of complaining about Brock Purdy, where you know you're going to get plenty of attention for yourself if you just say stupid shit out loud about this person. And that's what's happening here. By the way, I did see a kind of a funny story that made me laugh about this whole Taylor Swift thing. From Athlon Sports, um, you know, Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid has been asked about Taylor Swift's presence and if she's causing a distraction and and how bad she might be for the Chiefs to just get them off center. And he's like, no, 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 no. She's a lovely girl. And 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 what is the funny part here is Andy Reid says that he's known Taylor Swift and her family before Travis Kelsey ever even met her. Of course he has. You give Andy Reid a couple weeks to prepare for anything, he'll be prepared for it. Andy Reid had a relationship with Taylor Swift before Travis Kelsey did. Not romantically, obviously, but Reid said that her dad, Scott, played at the University of Delaware, is a big football fan and a good guy, and I met him there and her. When Andy Reid was head coach of the Eagles, he knew Taylor Swift. Maybe he's the one who shot... Cupid's arrow into both Travis and, and Taylor Swift. I don't, I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Last story before we hop into Club Plus here. Uh, a billboard has arrived in the state of Arizona that's got some Cardinals fans upset. Uh, billboard Brock has arrived. Jeremy Clough of the Arizona Republic has the story that Brock Purdy mania has reached Arizona billboards and not everyone is thrilled with the display of love for San Francisco 49er quarterback who played high school at Gilbert Perry High in Arizona. Lerner and Rowe 
which is what a, either a garage or a what a, a lawyer, a law firm. I don't know what Lerner and Rowe do, but Lerner and Rowe of Interrec need a check fame converted their entire digital digital billboard inventory in Arizona to the head-turning all-caps message on Saturday in support of Brock Purdy. Uh, SFGate.com reported that Murray, Le- Murray Lerner uh, tells the site that the Let's Go Brock Purdy message was to show love and support our friend and local quarterback Brock Purdy. Now, lots of fans who are well-adjusted and normal Cardinals fans look at that. They might be upset that, you know, there's a little love for the 49ers, but it's not specific love for the 49ers as much as it is love of the hometown kid who is in the Super Bowl. This shouldn't have to be explained to anybody, but apparently some insane loser Arizona Cardinals fans are pretending to be outraged here. You know, say, no, 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 no billboards promoting anything San Francisco 49ers. Not here. No, 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 no. This is Cardinals country. First of all, there is no Cardinals country. You are literally a fan base without an island. There is no Cardinals nation outside of the St. Louis Cardinals going back to Missouri. Um, No. So let's not pretend you even have a voice in this conversation. Uh, The Brock Purdy anger, why don't you turn it towards your own team, who is one of the most historically incompetent, inept, worst-run, doofus franchises in the NFL. You're mad at a billboard, but not the Bidwells? And you're a Cardinals fan? You are the Cleveland Browns of the NFC with better uniforms and one Super Bowl appearance. And I don't even know if the uniforms are better. Although I do like the all white Cardinals clean as hell look, but that's just, that's incredible to me. That's a great, do you know how stupid you have to be at a billboard to be angry at a billboard because they're promoting a, 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 a freaking beloved local kid who's made it big. Come on. That's insane. That's totally insane. But there's a lot of insanity that Taylor Swift has stirred up. It's happening in Arizona. It's a big part of MAGA country. They think that she's part of a democratically run psyops operation that what is being run exclusively out of Kansas City, Missouri being one of the most red states there is. Let's go to the, a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute, but Kansas City, Kansas. No, it's Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Kansas is about as big of a red state as there is. So you're going to have Taylor working, uh, running a Democratic psych ops when the other team is the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I just proved how stupid you all are in one sentence, and you are welcome. John Middlecoff at 3 o'clock this afternoon. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, we will turn that around for you in podcast form as well. Nick Wright, 2.30-ish on Wednesday. That'll be a standalone interview, video, and a podcast as well. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Thank you for watching today's show. The rest of us here on YouTube are going into Club Plus. Again, everybody ends up, it's like Dre's. Everybody ends up in Club Plus somehow, someway, anyway. And thank you so much for tuning in. Please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.